Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad that you are here. Today, we are going to break down a question or rather a kind of general wonderment that I get from so many parents, and that's this idea of nothing is working. I have heard this exact phrase, nothing is working, it's not working, um, maybe a hundred times in the last like week or two, and I'm seeing this pattern come up and emerge, and so I wanted to make a podcast about it because A, I think it's always helpful as parents to realize that we are not alone, that so many other parents are experiencing the same feelings of doubt, of uncertainty, of frustration, of just no more energy to put towards this issue in our home. And I know that's true for parents of picky eaters because I know that it was true for me as well at one point. And so I wanted to share this podcast episode with you and just kind of delve into what does that mean? What does it's not working mean? What does that mean we can do? What should we do? What have we done? And where are we at now? And how do we move forward? Because so many parents are in that stage of just defeat. It's defeat after defeat after defeat. Every night you're wondering or worrying more and more you're headed to bed wondering, did I do the right thing? Did they eat enough? Is that healthy enough? When was the last time they had a vegetable? And it can feel so overwhelming. So we're going to dive into that. Before we do, I want to take a quick second and say, A, thank you so much for being here. And two, oh, I did that thing where I started with A and then I went to two. (laughs) B, I should say, if you haven't already, please subscribe and download and leave a written review or share with a friend this episode, especially or any of the episodes that you have found helpful. Not only is this so helpful to me and being able to reach more parents just like you, but it really does tell the algorithm of wherever you're watching or listening that you like this content and therefore someone who's just likely like you will like it as well. So it means so much to any podcaster that you watch or listen to, but on top of that, I just would be so appreciative. So if you have a second to go ahead and do that, I would love you forever. All right, so let's dive in. There's this idea. All of a sudden, it struck you. Nothing is working, right? And this is so easy to come to, this belief and this feeling of nothing is working. And I want to encourage you in two different ways, okay? Number one is to recognize and realize that when you say nothing is working, you are putting yourself in a mindset of nothing is working, nothing has worked, and nothing will ever work. You're already telling yourself a story that this isn't working. And you get yourself stuck in a position of thinking that there's nothing more for you to do. So First and foremost, I know it sounds silly. I know it sounds like it doesn't matter, but the way that we talk to ourselves, the things that we say, the thoughts that we have really do impact our actions because a parent who thinks that nothing is going to work, guess what? Does nothing. A parent who thinks that she's tried or he's tried everything under the sun and nothing has made a difference for their kid is so unlikely to try something new. And a lot of people find me 
after trying what feels like everything and start to recognize that it's going to feel different. It's going to feel new. It's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to put you in a very uncomfortable position. It's going to feel maybe even counterintuitive to do what I teach that you should do with the picky eaters. Again, this is for parents who have picky eaters at home, who know the struggles and the frustrations of picky eating. I am not interested in talking to parents who they can put any food in front of their their kid and they're going to eat it. If it's not broken, do not fix it. However, if you're here watching this video, likely you're struggling with picky eaters. And so if you're struggling with picky eaters, that's why I'm here. That's why I have this podcast to give you advice. Now, when I give you tips and tricks that are research backed and parent approved and have actually gone through the test of time with majority of kids, they tend to work in some way, shape or form. This is the action that I want you to take. However, Like I said, it can feel really uncomfortable. It can push on our boundaries. It can push on what we think is best, what we think is right, what we think is how our parents parented us or how we see our friends parenting their kids. And it can feel really uncertain and scary. And we can ask ourselves, well, how do I know this is going to work? How do I know that this is right for my kid? How can I continue doing this if it feels uncomfortable to me? Now, there is a big difference between doing something that breaks your your values as a parent, that um, starts to encroach on your beliefs of what is most important for you and for your kid. And a difference of, ooh, this feels a little uncomfortable. But I know that when I've learned uncomfortable information and I've taken in that information and really paired it up against my values of how to treat my kids, how to parent, how I want to show up as a parent, how I want them to be in this family and participate in this family, this feels good. I just don't know how to do it. So uncomfortability sometimes is just because we don't know how. We want the thing. We want the result. We want our kids to eat what we make. We want our kids to eat healthy foods. We want them to eat a variety. We want them to be adventurous around the table. We want them to try new foods, but we don't know how to do that. And everything we've tried in the past or everything we kind of know typically just ends up getting passed down from us, from our parents or from friends or from experiences that we've had in life of witnessing it, maybe even from the movies or whatever. When that's not working, we have to try something different because if we want something to change, we have to change, right? If we want to drive west and we want to go visit our family in California, but we're driving east, we have to change directions. It's not going to get us there. And so it's just important to remind ourselves that if something's going to change, it's going to take me changing. And me changing is oftentimes uncomfortable. And I don't like to be uncomfortable. I like to be comfortable. In fact, my husband and I always talk about how parenting is the most uncomfortable experience ever because in our heads, it always goes one way. And in real life, it goes a totally different way where we're like, no, no, but I said the thing and I I did the script and I did what she told me and it's still not working. (laughs) Or I did what my mom did with me. And for whatever reason, my kid is not responding the way that I responded. Well, that's because we're different kids. No matter how much DNA of yours they have, they are a different kid. They are built differently. So if you're here and you are struggling with picky eating and you are, maybe you just found me or this is new, or you've listened to me for a while, but you haven't actually taken any steps or actions based on what I've taught, this is the time. Hey, you guys, Alyssa here. I'm just sneaking in really quick to let you know of the free class that I am teaching very soon. I'm going to be talking about the top three most overlooked, under talked about reasons for picky eating that are very likely happening in your home. These are sneaky reasons that you may not even realize are causing picky eating. I can't wait to teach on this information. 
So click the link in the description box below to learn more about this free class, snag your seat, mark your calendars, and I hope to see you there. I'd love to be able to answer your questions, plus you get a free gift for coming to hang out with me. All right, that's all for now. Click that link in the description box and I will see you soon. Back to the show. And again, you get to decide what's right for your kids. You get to decide what parts of it you implement. But I am here solely as a dietitian to show up and share the research-backed, parent-proven tips and strategies and methods that can help with a picky eater that is causing you and your family distress. So it can feel really uncomfortable. So when we say nothing is working, number one tip for you, change our mindset, right? Instead of saying nothing is working, we can say something along the lines of, Nothing has worked yet, right? We want to build in that growth mindset. We want to leave an open door to trying new things, to being open to it, right? We can say nothing is working, but if we've only tried one thing, then it's not nothing is working. It's that one thing hasn't worked, right? This hasn't worked for me and I need a new approach. It's a great way to say to yourself, I need a new approach. And oftentimes I think as parents, It can be really easy to double down on what we know or double down on what worked for us or double down on like a path that we've already started to walk because it feels, it it actually reminds me a lot of like this sunk cost fallacy. If you've ever heard that essentially because you started putting money or time or energy into something, you feel like, well, if I abandon that, then it's just like losing that money or losing that time or energy. When in reality, if you realize that you have sunk time, money, or energy into something that is not working and is pointing you in a direction that's actually going to make it worse, it is way better to cut our losses and change direction than it is to just keep walking that route, right? And so that's why it's so important to have this kind of common sense and this internal, um, the, the intuitiveness of parenting where you can say both, this is how my kid responds. This is the information I have. I might need new information. I might need to take new tactics. And I need to couple that with watching how it's affecting my kid. And if they're making small progress, even if it's small, then this is working. And it's likely going to lead me to a place where I like actually being and cooking for them and giving them food. And I enjoy eating with them, right? Now, if you are trying something and it has been weeks and there's been no progress, or maybe there was initial progress followed by a sharp drop-off where now things are worse than where you started, um, A, you're not alone, but B, it is time to reevaluate our approach. It is time for a new approach. So when we say nothing works, it's really also important to sit down and say, okay, what strategies have I actually tried? And when we start to do that and we start to list them out, what strategies have I actually tried? We can then start to group things together where we say, oh, well, this is actually all the same strategy. And so this is what I teach parents about these pressure tactics is what I call them. A lot of times parents will write out things that they've tried. Well, I've tried telling my toddler if they eat two more bites, then they can go play this. And I've tried telling them that if they finish their plate, they can have an Oreo. And I've tried that if they... Um, eat all their vegetables, they can watch a show afterwards. And I've tried um, if they eat three bites of everything that I make them that night, or they have a polite bite that they can stay up late. We can start writing these out and realize these are all bribery. These are all trying to bribe them or negotiate with them with something that they want and something that you want. If you do what I want you to do, then you can do what you want to do. That actually is one tactic. That is one approach that we have tried. Maybe it's different in the nuance of it, in like the kind of the 
nitty gritty of it, of what they got out of it. And oftentimes, if you've tried this approach, follow with me, I'm sure this has happened to you because it's happened to me. You start out small where you're like, hey, if you have, you know, a bite of broccoli, I'll give you an Oreo. And then like a few nights go by and they've stopped eating broccoli. And you're like, hey, if you eat two bites of broccoli, I'll give you two Oreos. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, if you just like lick the broccoli, I will give you the whole bag of Oreos (laughs) to try that vegetable, right? And so it tends to like escalate for us. And that's what I mean by like, it starts to work, but then there's a sharp drop off. That is a really good example of that experience. Same thing with other types of pressure tactics. Maybe it's demanding saying, Hey, you will sit at the table until you are done with your food until you finish it. Otherwise it's going to be bedtime. Hey, um, maybe you say something along the lines of, um, you know, this food is so healthy for you. If you don't eat it, you're not going to grow. This is growing food. If you eat that junk food, you're going to be sick. You scare them. You're using demanding kind of tactics. These are all what I call uh, the umbrella of pressure tactics. And when we use pressure tactics, again, they might work at first because our kids are afraid of us, because our kids don't want to be sick, because our kids don't want to go straight to bed, because our kids want the Oreo. So they work at first. And then pretty soon our kids are like, yeah, this is not serving me right? All of a sudden they start to realize, yeah, I can still say no, I have autonomy, right? And we want them to have autonomy, don't we? I mean, we do. Deep down, we really do want to have them have autonomy and we want to teach them how to leverage that autonomy for their ultimate good. Sometimes that comes at a cost of our emotions and our ego, right? But if we say, okay, we recognize that this is a sharp upturn followed by actually digging a deeper hole than what we started with, this is no longer working for us. So when we say nothing works, a really great tactic is to sit down and write things out and say, okay, what is this really? What's going on? What have I tried? Uh, Maybe you've tried the play cool approach. They're like, I don't care. I don't even care if you eat vegetables. Secretly, you're like looking around like, well, I kind of care a little bit though. Could you just eat that little one? I mean, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. But like, mm, could you just try it, please? Right? And we start to like have this internal and external struggle of like, I don't care, but I actually super do care. And my insides don't match my outsides. And like, it's getting really uncomfortable at the table because I can't manage my energy of how it's coming out of me. Because at first, the play it cool approach, the first night was fine. And the second night was fine. And week one, totally, I can play it cool for like a week. And then on day 15, Day 31, day 65 of them not even looking at the vegetable, we start to itch, right? We start to get really uncomfortable. Like, okay, but have they even had protein? Like, I think they're just eating fruit. I think they're just eating bread. And all of a sudden we get really uncomfortable. And that uncomfortability will reach a threshold where it overflows into yelling, getting angry, getting frustrated, crying, getting emotional, guilting them, bribing them, negotiating with them, bribing, begging, pleading, demanding, all those sorts of things. It overflows into that because we just don't know what else to do. Because we're told, just play it cool. Just relax. Just pretend like it doesn't matter. But that doesn't work for every kid. Now, if it works for you, that's awesome. Go for it. That is a great approach to take. Try it. See what happens. But if it only works for a period of time and it's not working long term, again, that means something needs to change. So writing out all the things that we've tried before we just straight go like, oh, nothing's working. Now, will I tell you that there is a small subset of a subset of a subset of people who they have truly tried everything and it is not working? Yeah. I bet they're out there. I bet some of you are listening right now who are like, no, 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 you don't understand. I have a list. I wrote them all out and there is 863 things that I have tried and none of them have worked. So there's two things going on there. 
A, we always want to inform our doctor and let our doctor know what's going on so that we can make sure that their health and um, and needs are being met, right? Number one. Number two is that there might be something actually going on that's not just psychological, that's not emotional, that's not at the dinner table, that's not about their natural curiosities about food, that isn't just pickiness. It might be something that's deeper, like maybe they have a a difficulty, a true disability that they're not able to eat or swallow foods. Maybe they have an allergy or an intolerance to certain foods, and now they've become afraid to eat them and we don't know about it, right? So there is so many things that are at play, but this is why it is so important to leverage our information and our methods and build out a toolbox to try so many different things. Now, the second thing that could be happening is that we actually tried everything, but we were switching tactics every single night or every two nights or every week, and we actually didn't get any traction on anything. Learning how to eat is a skill that takes time. And to just one night say, well, I did sprinkles and it only worked for one day and it never worked again and say, oh, this tactic has failed. Well, that's not true. There are different methods and strategies that we can expand upon and use for long periods of time and over consistent amount of time can actually then lead to results right? I mean, it's just like going to a gym. If we're trying to build up our muscles, going once the gym isn't going to change anything. Even going for two weeks may not change anything, but we start to see results longer term. We're getting stronger and stronger, even if on the outside, it doesn't look like anything's changing. In fact, something that I tell my um, the people in my course, I'll mention this to them, that there's like an old story about a man breaking a rock. If you've heard this before, I'm going to butcher it. Just go with me here. He's breaking a rock, but he's pounding on this rock over and over and over again. And the rock is doing nothing. Like it's barely even moving. He's pounding on it and pounding on it day after day, hit after hit. This rock looks the same. From the outside, the rock has not changed. And then all of a sudden, one day with one stroke, all of a sudden the rock cracks in half. Now, did that rock crack in half because of that one hit? No, it is hit and cracked open because of the hundreds, if not thousands of hits and strokes before that. We know that this takes time. And even though it doesn't maybe look like anything's changing on the outside, something is changing on the inside. And all we need to do is have that one last hit for things to crack, right? And all of a sudden something changes. The pregnancy and postpartum stage of life is no joke, and staying healthy and active during this season of life can be a complete struggle, if I'm being honest. That is why I wanted to share with you one of my all-time favorite hands-down resources with you, the Expecting and Empowered app. If you have not downloaded this app yet, go ahead and do yourself a favor. All the information is in the description box below, plus a discount code for you to download it today. But it is truly filled with safe, effective workouts for pregnant moms, postpartum moms, breastfeeding moms, moms who want to get back to running, moms who want to do strength workouts, all of the things. It is covered in this app for you. Now, listen, I don't know about you, but I don't have the time or mental energy or really education to figure out and choreograph all my own workouts, especially ones that are safe for healing or pregnancy or nursing, all of those sorts of things. And these ladies do it all for you. All the workouts are in there, whether you want to do cardio or strength, whether you just want to recover and heal and rest and restore your body, it's all in there with minimal equipment. I can even stay home. I absolutely love this app. So you can download it by clicking below and don't forget to use my discount code to save big. All right, now back to the show. 
That's another reason why a lot of parents or um, something to look at when parents say, oh, nothing is working. We're looking for these huge, gigantic changes within like a day or two, right? Or even a few days. We go, well, I want my kid from going from eating only three foods to eating a hundred foods in the span of a few days. That's our expectations. Even if we wouldn't say that out loud, that's inside what's going on. We're like, nothing is working because our definition of work is wonky. Our definition of work is, oh, I need my kid to eat anything that I put down in front of them. They need to finish their plate. They need to be happy about it, all these sorts of things, when that simply is not realistic. And what that ends up doing is setting our expectations too high so we miss the little wins. For example, I had a mom who I was coaching who her son wouldn't even let her put anything that he did not like on the table. Like it wasn't allowed to be on the table, let alone on his plate, God forbid. It couldn't even be on the table. Now, this is very common, okay? This is something that we have a procedure for inside um, of the course. But what's important to know is that the mom was so worried about her kid eating the food that she didn't even realize when she hit the win of being allowed to put the food on the table. This took time, but eventually she was able to put food on the table and then eventually on his plate. And then eventually he did eat it. But in the meantime, she didn't even recognize that getting the food to be put on the table is a big win. And when we don't stop and celebrate those wins, it is very easy for us to go to threat level midnight and be like, nothing is working. Nothing is working. I have to give up. I have to try a new strategy. I have to totally change everything. I have to buy a new course. I have to go to a new YouTube channel. I have to listen to a new podcast. I have to do everything differently. When in reality, things are changing. We're just not accepting that change or recognizing that change or celebrating that change because we want the end result, right? It's so important to recognize those small wins because they do build up and it really is about that journey, both for the kid and for you and keeping our expectations in check. Now, that being said, has it happened where a kid completely turns turns things around in 24 hours? Yes. Do I see an average for my course people for two weeks? Absolutely. Now, two weeks to some of you is like a dream. You've been dealing with this for years. Some of you are like, that's not realistic at all. It's going to take a year or two or more. We honestly just don't know. Remember the rock analogy? We don't know when that rock is going to crack. But what we do know is that what we can control is to continue showing up, continue to hit that rock, continue to continue trying new things and working at it and being consistent right? If I ran around hitting a thousand rocks, I'm technically hitting it a thousand times, but it's not the same rock. They're not going to crack, right? It needs to be all focused in on this energy and to be consistent. All right. I hope this episode was really helpful for you. If you're feeling like nothing is working, there are some key ingredients that you might be missing. I'm going to leave a link down below for my workshop. It's completely for free. This training points out one of, well, it points out several, but one key ingredient that a lot of parents are missing with picky eating, and that is simply your kid is likely not picky for the same reason someone else's kid is picky. So the approach that you need to take is different. I break all of that down in my free training. I want you to watch it because so many people send me like mind-blowing emojis after watching it because it is so helpful to recognize what is different between each kid and how to identify for your kid what the issue is so you can then take the right action to unlock the right result that you want. All right, I'm going to leave that down in the link below. And until next time, you guys, I will see you next week. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.